everyone. Welcome back to The Zero Hour with me, The Saw. This week, as we continue our journey through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're going to take a look at Captain America The Winter Soldier, the third installment of the MCU's Phase 2. Captain America The Winter Soldier is one of the most popular films in the entire MCU and is widely considered one of the best and often in most fans' top five films. In this episode of The Zero Hour, we're going to listen to some music from the film, listen to a few interviews, discuss the plot, and the characters. Unlike the first Captain America movie, Captain America The First Avenger, this film places Captain America firmly in the present day of 2014 and follows him after the events of 2012's Avengers. Before we get into the discussion of this amazing movie, let's have a listen to a song from the official soundtrack. Here's Trouble Man by Marvin Gaye, right here on The Zero Hour. Let us sweat, baby. 
America, the Winter Soldier was written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, who over the course of the MCU wrote all three Captain America films, Thor The Dark World, and both Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, as well as both seasons of ABC's Agent Carter. They had an amazing hand in helping to shape the Infinity Saga. The film was directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, the first film they directed for Marvel before they moved on to Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, setting up one of the most popular writing and directing teams in the MCU. In fact, here's a snippet from the writers talking about writing for Marvel. Have a listen to Christopher and Steven right here on The Zero Hour. Oh, oh, oh you're talking my language, yeah, man. This is like a bedtime story. That's right. <laughs> Again, we were in grad school writing novels and short stories, so we, we didn't have a film class or anything. So we just bought a book by Sid Field called Screenplay, and he had sort of charted out a lot of uh, blockbuster movies or just films. Act one, there's a turning point. Act two is sort of the most important part to get right, and there's usually a midpoint. In between act one and, and the midpoint, there's a little pinch and in between the midpoint and the end of act two there's a second pinch and then the third act is whatever it's going to be and when i say pinches and midpoints those are plot points where the movie turns good examples are in winter soldier cap is on the run and he doesn't quite know who's chasing him and a number of clues lead him to camp lehigh and he goes down in the basement and he turns on a computer and it turns out to be his nemesis from 1945 only now in computer form and he tells him that the entire time what he thinks he knows he doesn't know and that hydra has existed this entire time and it has been shaping the century the movie now flips and the audience is like holy crap I didn't realize that but I guess that makes sense you know there'll be somebody out there watching this going like of course it's a formula it's a framework so you don't dive into despair, basically. It's something you can hang things on so that you can actually spend more time on the character work and on the, the really interesting details. A card might just say, Cat picks up Mjolnir. Well, that's not enough of a scene, but we know that's going to be over there and that gets a thumbtack on the wall. But then another scene might be Gamora and Nebula hug it out. That's sort of cheeky code for it. They're going to have a meaningful scene where they reconcile. And there are frequently cards that are entirely subtext, where it's just like, Cap needs to find a life, Tony needs to sacrifice his. To remind us there is a through line for these people. But that's not all. Let's hear from the directors on the making of this amazing movie. Here's Joe and Anthony Russo talking about Captain America, The Winter Soldier, right here on The Zero Hour. You can't have a, a thriller without stakes, and stakes are emotional. Stakes have to play real. And especially in a political thriller, which has sort of contemporary themes to it, you have to play as real as possible to relate to the audience. Uh, otherwise, I think you're losing a, a layer or texture uh, uh, to, to the, to, you can't really call yourself a political thriller unless you're topical. Um, so it was important on that level that we ground the movie because you've got to make the audience care. In the Avengers, it's so it's so shor it's shortly after the events of the first movie, so he hasn't had a lot of time to process the modern world. In our film, has been a, a good amount of time has passed, so he has had time to process. Um, being a, a super soldier, there's not a lot of options to him left to him. I mean, it, his, his loyalty uh, he believes to the government and to the to the United States. Um, but the, uh, the organization that, you know, would make sense for him to work for, S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, is a complicated organization that deals in greys and uh, clandestine motivations, and that's not really who Cap is. So he winds up working for 
shield, uh, but he's a real conflict with Nick Fury about how the organization should be run and why he's doing what he's doing. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, it, we couldn't resist the idea of putting those two characters together because, you know, Cap is so, uh, has such a strong moral code to him and Widow lives in the gray, lies for a living. It's, you know, it's just sort of like, it's fire and water. And to force those two in a situation where they have to engage each other and even possibly trust each other was a, was a fun journey to take them on. What I love about him, what I think is almost impossible to convey about this character, uh, which I think he does amazingly well, is he combines machismo with the level of morality, which can be very difficult. Because if the character goes Boy Scout on you, then he becomes really uninteresting. And I, he has real layers in this movie. Um, you know, he's made the character very complex. So he emerges in the film as a sort of, you know, ghostly figure. Uh, but once he gets pulled into the events, um, you know, obviously a, the big reveal in the movie to Cap is that, uh, that this ghost op is, uh, is his best friend uh, from, uh, from, the war t from World War II, uh, who he thought had perished in battle. Uh, and it creates this sort of upheaval and catharsis for Cap of, you know, uh, who is this guy? So you want to introduce characters so that they're relevant to the storytelling in those two hours and to your experience of that movie and the experience of the universe up to that point. Uh, that's the best way to bring those characters, uh, um, uh, you know, and that's the primary purpose of bringing them in. Then you go look at the source material and you say, you know, is it Ultimate Sam? Is it the original Sam? Is it, you know, what, what direction are we going to go? How does he fit into the tone of this movie and, in, and into the storytelling of this film? Uh, and, and for us, it was more of the ultimate Sam. It was more of a, a military-based character um, because that, again, we're going for a real-world approach. But we also wanted a character that could connect to Cap really quickly. So the fact that they were both vets, we felt like it was something they could bond over very quickly in the film. And, and it would give them a shorthand with one another and also a trust of one another. I mean, he has great integrity as an actor. That's what we love about Mackie. He has incredible screen presence. What we, we wanted Falcon to be a, uh, you know, uh, a part of a team with Cap, not a sidekick. And in order to do that, you need an actor who can hold the screen uh, opposite all these great actors that are in the film. And you need somebody who can flesh that character out with limited screen time in a very three-dimensional way. And that's Mackie. You know, very, just an incredibly accomplished actor. Uh, but the tone was really important to the character. I really like Sam as this as a guy who's his own person who can challenge Cap when he needs to challenge Cap uh, and can support Cap when he needs to support Cap. Um, so th that's, that's, uh, that's why we chose Mackie. From a cultural standpoint, uh, it's fun. Uh, not to mention that he's one of the great actors of all time and the biggest icon that we have uh, in the business. Um, and on top of which, one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, from a process standpoint, getting him in the film, again, Marcus and McFeely wrote an amazing script. He read the script. He really liked the script. And then uh, Anthony and Kevin went over and sat with him for a few hours and just talked about the film and the part. He had great ideas for the part. Uh, you know, Bob, I think there's a reason that he does a lot of political thrillers is because, you know, he, he's politically inclined. Uh, and, and, you know, that's the kind of material that motivates him. So even though the movie's fantastical, uh, and it's not like anything he's done before. Uh, I, it's a superhero film. He could understand the, you know, the themes of the movie, and he understood the, uh, the character's place in the world. That was Joe and Anthony Russo talking about the making of Captain America, The Winter Soldier. 
These two directors have done so much for Marvel, and the rumor is that they'll only come back if they get to do Avengers Secret Wars, which would be really fantastic. If you're looking forward to that, (laughs) you're not the only one. Let's have a listen now to another song from the movie with It's Been a Long, Long Time by Harry James and Helen Forrest, right here on The Zero Hour. There's an oldie for you, all the way back from the 1940s. That song also plays in Avengers Endgame when Steve ends up with Peggy at the very end of the film. In fact, episode 14 of this show is going to be on Agent Carter season one, and there's lots of this type of music in that show. And if you're a fan of oldies, you really need to be listening to Dylan Stone hosting Vinyl on Chrome. So remember to head on over to our website, superlativeradio.com, where you can pick up some great Zero Hour or Superlative Radio merchandise from our shop tab. Get yourself a great Zero Hour shirt, 
mug, hat, or anything else. You can also check out all of our other shows and videos, including All in the Pen, our video puppet comedy show, Let's Talk with the Saw, a show where Dylan and I talk about various TV shows and movies. You can also see Dylan and I doing our vlogs and our other two syndicated radio shows, Vinyl on Chrome and The Country Goldmine, both hosted by Dylan Stone. Remember to check out my previous episodes of The Zero Hour on your favorite podcast hosting platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Spreaker, iHeart, and many more. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash superlative radio, where you can see all of our individual podcast pages. Visit us on YouTube for all of our video content, where you can see all of our vlogs, all in the pen, all four seasons of Let's Talk with the Saw, and the Jersey Ham. In our next two segments, we're going to discuss the plot of the movie, look at the characters of the film, and listen to some more music. We'll be back in segment two right after this short break, so don't go away. <laughs> 